We are in the second week of a brand new series we just started called Hope Alone. We're talking together about putting our hope in no other person, no other thing other than Jesus Christ. Our hope is in one name. And our hope is not in a politician. Our hope is not in a preacher. Our hope is not in a team unless it's the Lakers. Because all we do is win, win, win. You guys, I'm cheesy. Come on, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Our hope is not in the Dodgers. Like, I just keep going. We got Otani. I get it. Come on. But our hope is in Jesus, the one that will never fail. You will never be disappointed putting your hope in God. But you will always be let down if you even try to put your hope in yourself. Because you could break your own heart. You can make some decisions that will break your heart. You can do some things that you're like, why did I just do that? So we don't trust in us. We trust in God. He is our hope alone. I want to give you the working definition again of hope. So we're all working from the same premise. It is to trust in, to wait for, to look for, or desire something or someone or to expect something beneficial in the future. Do you you see the visual image of that? To look for, to hope for, to expect something good in the future. I I, want to remind you, the best has not happened. The best is yet to come. Your glory days are not behind you. Your best idea is in front of you. Your best, your best life is in front of you. The best days of your life have yet to be unleashed or unlocked. I'm excited about the future. Oh, I got to be honest. The past was amazing. Every once in a while, I get suckered into going into my phone and looking at photos of my life pre-COVID. Those were the days. I have to stop. But come on, man, the best is not behind you. Not because of you, but because of God. God says, I don't have plans to hurt you. I have plans to prosper you. I have a hope and I have a future for you. And when you get around God, you get hopeful. You get excited. You're like, man, I'm looking for, I'm expecting good things. Stop making plans for the worst to happen to you. Start making plans for the best to happen to you. You got God on your side. You got God on your team. You got God leading your life. So we need to understand that God loves a hopeful person. He touches our heart to get our hopes up. The world says, don't you get your hopes up. But God always says, put your hope in me. So that I lift my eyes up. I get my hope up. I get my faith up. Everything is vertical when it comes to God. Right? So our hope alone. I want to preach in the second installment out of Psalm 13. This is a psalm that King David writes before he is king. And David writes this psalm from a cave, the king of Adu- the cave of Adullam. He's in a cave and he's been brought to the cave because his boss wants to kill him. He's like Michael Scott with an anger problem. He wants to take him out. 
And so King Saul is out for blood and he wants to kill David because of jealousy. He's jealous of David. He's jealous of how handsome he is. He's jealous of how confident he is. He's jealous of his success. And so because Saul is threatened and insecure and disobedient to God, he's trying to kill and destroy David. Remember, some people hate you because they ain't you. And so David is running from his life, and he ends up in a cave. I like the image of the cave because the cave represents when you and I are in a bad, funky place, we go into hiding. You ever text one of your friends, and they don't text back? And you're like, all right. <laughs> then like two, three days later, you check in, you good? And if they don't text back again, something's wrong. They in the cave. The cave is, the cave is, have you ever felt so low that you like, I'm not good to be around humans right now because I don't know what I'm going to say and I don't know what I'm going to do and I definitely don't know what to wear because <laughs> I'm unwell. I'm, 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 I'd rather just hide in my cave. So he's in the cave of Adullam, and he's in his feelings, and he's upset, and he's, well, he's a mix of emotion. Psalm 13, he says, how long will you forget me, O Lord, forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I lay up cares within me and have sorrow in my heart day after day? Tell me, God, how long shall my enemy exalt himself over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord, my God. Lighten the eyes of my faith to behold your face in the pitch-like darkness, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemies say, I have prevailed over him. And those that trouble me rejoice when I am shaken. But I have trusted and leaned on and been confident in your mercy and in your loving kindness. My heart shall rejoice and be in high spirits in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. I want to preach a message today right down the title. It's called Stop and Turn Around. If you're going down this path of, of doom and gloom and nobody likes me and everybody hates me and things are not going to change and my life is always going to be this way. If you're going down this path, I want you to stop and turn around. We got to get back onto the path of life and goodness and faithfulness and hopefulness. Come on, Westside, clap with us. Come on, we're going to get, I'm getting out of this path you got to put the bonbons down and you got to get back into faith. Stop and turn around. Let's get back into church. Let's get back into reading the Bible. Let's get back into some worship music. Let's get back with our godly friendships. And let's go down the path that God has for us. Usually when we're going down this path, it's because of one of four reasons. Write down number one. Here's the first reason. It's when I feel like, when life feels like an endless struggle. Like, it's just like, it won't stop. It's just, it's constant. It's just this endless struggle. Watch what he says in verse 1. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? For, is it forever? Is it forever am I going to feel alone? Forever am I, is life going to be hard? 
You ever look at some people's life and you're like, it's so easy for them, why does it have to be so hard for me? Stop looking at people's social media. They are posting their best three filters for you to compare your worst moments versus their best moments. Some people I meet and I've seen them on social media, I meet them in person, I'm like, oh fam, you lying to people online. Yo, this is not even the same two people. This, this is not, that's not right. And you, and you, you feel like, is it, is it forever going to, am I ever going to come into money? Am, is, is it ever going to be easy? Is it, is it, is it always going to be this hard? Am I always going to have to battle this? It's an endless struggle. You ever hear people say, when am I going to catch a break? The weight of the world is on my shoulders. And you feel like I want to stay in the cave because I just, I can't win. They're winning, I'm losing. And when you feel this way and you feel like it's a struggle, you forget that the Bible says, praise be to God that leads me in all triumph and in all victory. God has not called me to struggle. God has called me to win. I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. So the struggle is real, but guess what's realer? God. And God fights my battles. How about yours? God's on my side. How about yours? So the struggle is real, but guess what? I'm going to pray like it depends on God, and I'm going to keep moving forward like it depends on me. I'm not staying in the cave. Write down number two. When I feel like I've lost God's blessing. Look at the second part of verse one. How long will you hide your face from me? How long? You know, God's face shining upon you means that God's blessing you. God's blessing is his face that shines upon you. Some of you literally feel like God has turned his back on you and you're not blessed. Let me just encourage you and remind you that no matter what you do, you are loved by God. God loves you no matter what you do. Forgiveness means to cancel your debt. When you sin, you, you accrue a, a, a total of debt. God says, I forgive your debt. But just because God forgives you doesn't mean he gives you his credit card to go do whatever you want. There's a difference between forgiveness and trust. So you're going to earn his trust back. If you don't feel blessed, let's first look at our life. If you're living in sin, God cannot bless that. If you're rebelling against God's ways, God will not bless that. God does not bless disorder. God does not bless chaos. God's blessing is on those that walk and live according to the truth of his word. And if you want God results, you have to live God's way. The blessing of God is on obedience. The blessing of God is not on talent. The blessing of God is not on doism. The blessing of God is on walking in truth. You understand what I'm saying? There's a guy in the Bible, his name was Samson, and Samson had blessing. The blessing on Samson's life was not just long hair. The blessing on Samson's life was he was built physically much like myself. That sounds so crazy that you laugh like that. It was like immediate. That's the grossest thing I've ever heard in church. It was like fast, you know, like a bit aggressive. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. But, but, um, but Samson, his blessing was he had supernatural power. 
until he started to compromise. Until he left his holiness and started to, to go against what God told him to do. And guess what happened when he lived a lifestyle of sin? He lost his power. But good news, just like Samson did, you can get your blessing back. All that had to happen was Samson repented and turned back to God and got his blessing back. In other words, just because you've gone that path doesn't mean you have to stay on that path. Stop and turn around. And the blessing of God can fall back on your life. Some of us, we, we're, we're wondering, I, I want to be blessed. And I, I want the blessing of God. And, and, and oh, it would be nice to be blessed. And, and I want to remind you, some of you need to start counting your blessings one by one. I woke up this morning. How about you? I got health in my body. Anybody else? I got a place to sleep tonight. What about you? I got some food to eat. After this service, I'm going to eat. Amen. We're blessed. And when you're in the cave, you're like, I'm not blessed. I'm not blessed. No, I, listen, you don't have a Lambo. That's fine. But that's not blessed. It's called paying a lot of interest on a payment. You understand what I'm saying? But when I'm even feeling, it's like, oh, I've lost God's blessing. Right down number three, when my mind seems so troubled, my thoughts... Look at what he says in verse, in verse 2, chapter 13, verse 2. How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? This daily fight in my mind, this daily battle of my brain, this daily every day I think I'm a loser, every day I think people are against me, every day I think it's not going to get better, every day my thought life. You know, the average person thinks 40,000 negative thoughts a day. So I don't care how happy you are, every one of us has negative thoughts. And I want to encourage you, you need to think well about four areas of your life. You need to think good about God. You need to think good about you. You need to think good about others. And you need to think good about your circumstance. Come on, you got to think good about God. Think good about you. Think good about others. Think good about your circumstance. But when you're in the cave, you're thinking bad thoughts. You're thinking negative, like, oh, man, the worst is yet to come, and nobody likes me, and these things are against me. You know that your mind is so powerful, it keeps no record of success. It only keeps record of failure. So when you're in the cave, you know what's going through your memory log? All your problems, all your sin, all your struggle, all your shortcomings. You went there. You did that. You messed with this. You sinned here. You missed the opportunity there, and it only keeps record. No, that's why you got to get out of your feelings and into your faith. Look what, look what David says to himself, Psalm 42. Why, my soul, why are you so downcast? Why are you so disturbed within me? Put your what? What's that word? Everybody say it louder. What's that word? Put your hope in God. For I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. What? 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 Why are you acting this? Why are you thinking these thoughts? Why are you so negative? Why are you being a Debbie Downser? Why are you being a negative Nancy? Why are you thinking? No, no. Put your hope in God. 
Come on, let's just clap right there to our soul. What, stop thinking like that. Some of us coming into 2024, let me give you something for your vision board already. This year's next year, you ought to make it your goal. I'm going to think better this year than I did last year. Last year, I said some things about me that I wouldn't say about my worst enemy. But this next year, I'm going to talk good about me. I'm going to love me. I'm going to embrace me. I'm going to be happy about me. And I'm going to live. Come on, clap together if you believe it. And when you're in the cave, you're all up in your feelings and you're thinking just bad things. And your, your, your mind is a terrible place to be around. You don't even like your thought life. That's why you, listen, let me remind you in a kind way. Church does not need you. You need church. And when I use the word church, you need the community of brothers and sisters that are going to tell you you are loved, you are forgiven, you're chosen. We are for you. We are with you. And you come to church and you get in the presence of God and all of a sudden, you know that song, come on my soul, don't you get shy on me. There's a, what is it? That's all written out of this psalm. So I throw up my hands and I keep singing, thank you, God, for my life. Right down the fourth one. This is the fourth reason why we get there is, is when I start to doubt God's plan. And I start, look at what he says, verse 2. He says, how long will my enemy be exalted over me? Some of us, we, when, when we get into the cave and we're hanging out in the cave and we've made our, we've, we've made our bed in the cave and we just kind of lay there and go, well, I guess this is, you know, I'm going to live a cave life and, and, and I'm a cave guy. And someone called me a caveman. And, and I, well, I guess this is where it ends. And maybe this was God's plan. Maybe, maybe God, God did have a plan to, you know, maybe I messed up so much. This is, this is where it all goes. This is where it all stops. I've, I've been holding on to this verse. I've been loving this series, and I know we're only in week two, but I already love this series. And I've been holding on to the scripture, I will live and not die. Because some of you think that you've come to the end of yourself and it's the lie of the cave. You're going to live and you're going to prosper. I want to just say to some people, you're going to thrive next year. I know we're going to take three, four weeks just to drink eggnog and watch Macaulay Culkin, but after that, we're going to thrive. Amen to that? Amen. You're going to start thriving on January 8th. How come nobody gets serious about the year on January 1? People are like, I need a week of detox and a couple days to ponder. January 9th, it's the new me. It's like, fam, you wasted nine days. You wasted four weeks and then nine days. That's five weeks. Just sloppy living. But, but, but the lie of the cave will get you thinking, you know, this is, you are destined for the cave. And you, you know better than the cave. And, and, and maybe this is all that, that God wants for you. You know, you need to be careful because the father of lies will only speak lies to you. And he only has one agenda in your life. It is to steal, kill, and destroy. 
And he's not done just because you're in the cave. He wants to keep lying to you until you are completely destroyed. He wants to destroy your calling. He wants to destroy your anointing. He wants to destroy your family. He wants to destroy your marriage. But I came to tell you today that greater is he that is in you than he that is within the world. And the serpent was defeated and the serpent is defeated. Clap together if you believe that God has a greater calling, a greater plan, and the best is yet to come. Give him a praise right now. Come on, I will live and not die. Don't you believe that I'm a, this is going to last forever, forever, forever? No, it was a season. It's not a forever. It was a chapter. It wasn't a forever. It was a cave. You know what God said to Elijah when he was in the cave? When Elijah was in the cave, God says, Elijah, come out the cave. And when he stood out the cave, God all of a sudden brought an earthquake and a whirlwind and a fire. And he was in none of those things. And then a still small voice. In other words, God said, I can't speak to you when you're in the cave. So come on out here where I can talk to you. Position yourself where I can speak to you. Don't you think I'm in the miracle? I'm in the intimate relationship with you. I wish the keyboard player. I would just, if there was an organ player right there, start doing laps for somebody. I came to tell some. I don't know. I don't know. It's just in my dream. But, but when I'm in the cave, I just think this is, this is, um, I'm filled with so much doubt. You know, d d just a word of encouragement, if you're a doubter, sometimes like me. A doubter is not a hater. And God is not threatened by your doubts. God does not look at your doubts and go, really? Oh, so you just going to doubt me. That's how it's going to be. So you went from a, a lover to a doubter? Like, for exhibit A, exhibit A. In the Bible, I think Jesus, when he resurrects, puts two, two stories in there for us that we have to see so clearly. The first one is Peter. The first thing that the angel says to Mary is, go and tell Peter. Why, why Peter? Because Peter left the church and went back to his old business because he thought, I'm not good enough to be in church. I'm a mess up. I'm a screw up. And so I'm, I should leave church because I just, I turned my back on God at the most important hour. So Jesus shows up, by the way, at the sea, makes Peter breakfast and restores him and asks him, Peter, do you love me? So I think the first story Jesus wanted us to see was that just because you made a mistake doesn't mean you are a mistake. I don't write off people like people do. I'm committed to you no matter what you do. That's the first one. So we, we call that one grace. The second one that's there for you and I to read is a guy named Doubting Thomas. So that God can say to us, hey, if you're ever in doubt, this is how I treat doubters. I don't throw them out like garbage. I don't treat them less than. I actually show up to them and prove to them their doubt is valid, but here's the proof. If you've got doubts, just a heads up, God's about to show you proof on your doubt. Doubting Thomas is walking down the road. He's like, yeah, we were hoping for, but our hopes have been let down. We were thinking that, but our thoughts were wrong. We, you know, and Jesus doesn't show up and go, really, man? Three years, bro. Three years. How many, how many meals did we have together? 
three, you were in my house. Bro, you watched me walk on water. What was that whole one in a million talk? He just said, Thomas, look at my hands. Because if you have doubts, God's got proof. Amen. And so, and so stop and turn around. So I, I, really, I really feel like this series is going to be a turning point for some people. We're going to get out of the, the dumps and get out of our frustration. And we're going to get into our faith and into life and excite. Lord, I'm looking for and I'm expecting and I'm hoping for the best. Amen. So two antidotes that you need now, two things that, that we're going to need to walk in right down. Number one, your turning point is when you turn to God in prayer. Your turning point is when you turn to God in prayer. Verse 1 and 2, he's in his feelings. How long? How long, God? Will you forgive me forever? Will you? Two, two scriptures. Then verse 3, consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Lighten the eyes of my faith to behold your face in the pitch-like darkness, lest I sleep the sleep of death. But I have trusted, leaned on, and been confident in your mercy and your loving kindness. My heart shall rejoice and be in high spirit in your salvation I will sing to the Lord because you have dealt bountifully with me your turning point is when you turn to God in prayer you, you ever have a friend lose a bunch of weight come on let me see your hand you ever have a friend lose a bunch of weight but you don't know how to really bring it up and you don't want you don't want to be that person that like brings it up in an awkward way because you don't, you don't want to give a backhanded compliment because the thing about the backhanded compliment is the backhanded part. So I'm always, like, I'm always just trying to find like clever ways to like praise them and acknowledge how awesome they're doing. So I'd rather just tell them, you look amazing. Oh my gosh, look at you. Instead of like, you've lost weight. Because that's acknowledging, I used to notice before, you were kind of up there. What? what kind of friend are you? I love when you, when you see somebody that, you know, looks good and, and it's, you know, it's, it shows up on their smile and they're looking great. And I like to ask them, what was the genesis? Like, what started this? What kicked you into gear? And I want to tell you your turning point. Your turning point is when you're going to turn to God in prayer. Because when you're offended and hurt, you ever notice, you ever notice that you're, you're just like, you're, God's here and you're this way? And you're just like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm offended and I'm, I'm, stop it. And I just, and God, here's God, by the way, when you turn your back on God, God will never turn his back on you. The Bible says that when you are faithless, our God remains faithful. 
And so God, while your back is to him, he keeps saying, I love you. I'm for you. I am with you. I have a plan for your life. I have called you. You don't even have an idea of the things I have in store for your life. I am committed to you. You are my child. You are my daughter. I have a plan for your life. I've got legacy. Come on, clap a little bit louder if you believe. That's what God showers over your life. And at first he starts talking like, and then, and, then, and then he keeps winning, doesn't he? And you, and, you, and you eventually, you turn around. And you face your creator. You face your father in heaven that loves you. You face your savior who died on a cross for you. And that's what heals us. Being face to face with God. Sometimes I wake up in the morning next to Julia. And I open my eyes and there's Julia. My sweet angel. And I just look at her. Buenos dias. And she's just laying there. But when you turn to God, <laughs> you know, sometimes you catch people sleeping, they're just like, <laughs> sometimes I want to be like, fam, you good? <laughs> I don't know if you're going to make it. You keep breathing like that. Shoot. You, 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 you turn around and there is no embrace like the embrace of God. And when you're in the cave, you're like, oh, nobody can get close to me. I've been wounded. I've been hurt. I've been abandoned. I've been betrayed. I've been talked about. I've been left for, oh, I'm not letting anybody get close to me. And here comes God. I didn't call you to live in a cave. I didn't call you to live. I know they hurt you, but I didn't hurt you. I know they let you down, but I will never let you down. Right down the next one, worship team. This is the last point today. Worship team, come join me. Your turning point is found in waiting on God. I like this one. Look at this last scripture, Isaiah 40, verse 31. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and selected young men shall feebly stumble and fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord, come on, who expect, who look for, who hope in him, shall change and renew their strength and their power. They shall lift their wings and mount up close to God as eagles. They'll mount up to the sun, and they shall run, and they will not be weary. And they shall walk, and they will not faint or become tired. Why? Because they're looking for God. I love that. Even youths will grow weary. So the cave doesn't happen when you hit your 40s. I know teenagers that will be in depression. The cave doesn't happen because you go through a divorce. I know people that just went through a breakup that are in depression. It's no respecter of age or man. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall rise on the wings of an eagle. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and they will not faint. Why? Because I put my hope in God. 
I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you're going to throw in the towel unless your eyes are on Jesus. You're going to quit if your eyes are on them. But if you keep waiting on God and looking into God, God is my source. God is my provider. God is my plan. God is my witness. God is my everything. Oh, come on, Zoe. My hope is not in a church. My hope is not in a person. My hope is not in a building. My hope is in the name of the Lord. And did you notice it said wait? Look at this. Oh, I love the definition of wait. Put it up. The Hebrew word wait is quava. It means to wait actively with anticipation, hopefully watching for God to act. When I was growing up in church, my parents used to have these long services, long church services. And I'd be in the car with dad. What were y'all doing? Son, we were waiting on God. I'm like, dang, he be making y'all wait. Which makes me wait. And I don't like this when the God does the waiting stuff. Yeah, we've been waiting on God. You've been waiting a long time. Waiting on God is not like, we're waiting for you. We're waiting for you again. Waiting on the Lord. That ain't waiting on God. Did you see the definition? Actively waiting. The better image is like a server at a restaurant. A server at the restaurant that's willing to get you your drink and your appetizer or your entree or your dessert. The better image is that you wait on God like a like a waiter or a waitress. God, what do you want? What do you need? I know you're working things out, but God, do you need anything? Are you ordering anything? You want me to forgive somebody? You want me to give? You want me to love? You want me to bless? I'm waiting on the Lord. Come on, Zoe, anybody down to get out of the cave? Walk into your truth. Walk into your freedom. Wait on God. Come on, anybody going to trust in God? Look to God. Hope in God. Expect in God. Believe in God. Look to God. Trust in God. Expect in God. Hope in God. Come on, give them a praise today. Stand to your feet. Father, we thank you today.